silence uh, voices that they don't like. It's ammo. And anyway, but guess what? That's not what we're doing. I don't care about that stuff because the things that we're talking about have nothing to do um, with them. It has everything to do with us. And how? what are we going to do about it? How are we going to respond differently? What are the new things that we are being called into? And are we willing to step into them? Or are we going to stay with the old? Well, welcome back. This is another episode of The Precipice. I'm your host, John, and we are on the adventure for truth. On today's episode, my co-host and I, Brad, are going to be talking a little bit about Jeff, Jeff Tiggs. What a great man. So grateful and proud that he was our first episode and um, just quite an inspiration very resilient man. I have a lot to learn from him. And I wonder if the listeners can kind of flow like Jeff. Jeff is not worried. He has a peace that transcends all understanding. And he's very confident in his life, his business, his family. I just love it. Thank you, Jeff. After we talk about Jeff, we're going to go into the uh, maybe the segment known as the choice to know is yours. We're going to talk about Dr. Fauci's emails that were released almost a month ago now. His private emails were shared and they're very insightful. And again, the choice to know is yours. We talk about that, Brad and myself. And um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. However, Before we get going, I need to share with you a word from one of our sponsors. Our sponsor for today's episode is Heavenly Movers, 404-914-2672. Again, that's Heavenly Movers, good old Jeff Tiggs. If you're looking to move, you need to make it heavenly. You need to call Jeff. If you know someone who's looking to move, You should tell them to make it heavenly and call Jeff, 404-914-2672, Heavenly Movers. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. And if you missed the first episode, you should go back and listen to it. And if you thought it was too long, you might be right, but you also might be going a little too fast. Maybe you should slow down. You know, it's not that long. Just break it up in pieces. All right, with that, we're going to get going on this next episode. Thank y'all. Hey, and stay tuned at the end of this episode for some important announcements about the precipiceshow.com. Thanks. Truth is is great. Telling the truth is great. That's what we're supposed to do. But as we talked about 
a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, you know, this thing that I had been reading about and, and having a conversation with a friend about is that Jesus is truth. So as you speak truth, you are essentially speaking Jesus. There's a lot of different ways that we can tell the truth, but I don't think that we always have to. I think we always have to tell the truth, but I think our choice of words and how we do it is very important. What's the, what's the, what's the purpose? What's the intent when it's with your spouse, when it's with your kids, when it's with, you know, people that you're trying to edify and build up, there's probably words that you shouldn't use, um, in ways that you do it. Um, but I think what it does is when, when there's a, when there's an issue or when there's, when, when things aren't completely settled or there's fissures, you know, fissures, cracks and things like that. Yeah. Things get heard in a different, with a different ear as yeah. well. Especially over a text message. Yeah. Texting is, texting is pretty rough. It was pretty hard. Um, I hate texting. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that gets lost in the translation and in the, you know, especially, especially with personality styles. So if you were texting with somebody that's exactly like you, you probably wouldn't have those issues. But when it's somebody that's looking for something else, um, it's a little different. It's perceived differently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I want to talk about Jeff and the podcast. I was so I was so blown away by just the simple truth and the life lessons that came from what he was saying. And Jeff's like, no. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do the right thing, you know, going through the spell that he went through with drugs and then getting off of those. And instead of just trying to find a way to just kind of coast by, he's out there busting his butt, lifting furniture on his own at 58, whatever, how old he is, you know, doing the things that he's doing. He's not looking for an excuse. And I really felt like, I know this is, you know, I don't want to get super spiritual about it, but I just really felt this um, like, affirmation from the Lord over him of like, people want to go, well, you know, you're, you're not perfect. You're gambling, you're doing this, you're doing that. But the Lord just looks at his heart and the intent that's behind it to model these things for his daughter and to work hard, to treat her like a princess. And I just feel like God just was like shining over him, you know? And I feel like that's that that's that overflow that keeps coming from that lady saying, you know, like, you never got to worry about this. Like, you're always going to have work. Yeah. In the place of faith that he stands in, just knowing like, hey, I know that my phone's going to ring. And I'm just like, gosh, I wish everybody else had that yeah. mentality. It's cool. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's something to be recognized. And I think for a podcast, that's kind of similar for, for, for Jeff. It's like, man, I don't care what you say. I don't care what kind of podcast it is. It's a podcast and I've never been on one. <laughs> it's, and I, I love that because it's, it's true. I've never done it before either, but I'm not thinking about it like that. Right. You know, it's just, it's just different. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for him and kind of the new things that are seem to be happening with him and, and his life. And, and I can't wait to kind of stay in touch or, or, kind of keep keep talking to him a little bit more because we you know we just kind of scratched the surface really oh my gosh yeah and that's the thing with um i just felt i felt like um 
like just things. I feel like a lot of things became possible for him that night. Yeah. Just like, well, man, if I, if, if this door opens and what other doors can open, you know, if I can do this, then, you know, cause for somebody like you, you can buy the equipment, you can have the stuff, you can do that, but that's not something that's going to be on his radar. But to be able to come alongside of your dream, come alongside of what your vision is and participate in it, I mean, that's like, that's life-giving to him. Because what it does is it gives, it shows him that he already knows that you have high value for him. But this is a big deal. I mean, this is this is recording. This is putting something out there. So for for him to be a part of that, I mean, I'm I know that he's just like, oh my gosh, this is incredible, you know, such a great opportunity. And if this door opens for me, well, what other doors can open for me? Yeah, or what else is possible, you know? Well, one thing we did not even talk about is um, this idea of community or ecclesia, um, and it's something that I hope that the listeners just kind of figure out as we go along. Um, but if they're not, one of the hopes of having companies or people like Jeff on the program is so that the listeners would consider calling him and using his services. Absolutely. Um, and I hope that they do. I really do. He's, and if they do, his business will do better and his family will do better and he'll, he'll, one of the things he said was, he said that uh, he he'd always seen people volunteering, but he just never felt called to. But now he's starting to wonder, like, well, now is now a t- time in my life where I need to be more of service or I need to volunteer? Um, now he's always he's, he he says buy people breakfast. You know, just guys on the corner or on the street that he knows or they just need a good meal. He's always done that. But but this idea of volunteering, I think he he's thinking about it differently now. And um I I think if he can get his business with with the right management team, it's gonna free him up to do all kinds of things. And that's why that's my hope. I keep trying to get him like, look, you know, brick by brick, but the what's the real goal? Where do you want to where do you want the? And he said it. He can't lift that. He needs, he needs, younger managers to help him grow that business. Yeah, he needs to be the guy that's like going from job to job, checking, making sure everything's okay, and having people doing that work. And I think he can get it there. I really, I really do. I do too. Um, but, but even the principles that he laid out of what he what he wants to do, you know, that he he wants to have relationship, you know, and he didn't say it specifically, but. And I've known this from building houses for years and moving and seeing, you know, the emotional toll that that takes on people. You know, they're going to they're going to ask you to come over and you're going to put your hands on their most valuable possessions. And there's got to be a trust factor. There's got to be a comfort level. You know, I mean, I know that the few times that we've moved and the people that have come and helped us, like we have a relationship with them. By the end of the day, we've been through a shared experience and Thank the Lord, most times it's gone really, really well. Um, but when those things go sideways, I saw how his heart is for those people. He understands more from their perspective as well, instead of just like, well, this is a job for us. He's like, I know that I am being entrusted with 
something that's very, very valuable and emotional for you, and they want to do a good job. And nobody wants to just cold call a mover. You know, you want to know. And so, you know, for people knowing that you've had a relationship with them helps, but then to hear his heart, like, makes a huge difference, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like an infomercial, you know? You You get to share so much more instead of just like, hey, we move and give us a call and we'll help you move. And I'm, I'm really hoping we were able to have more people that have small businesses on this show to kind of have that same opportunity to get to know uh, them and how they do their deal. Absolutely. Like I, and this is, we've talked about this a little bit before. I want my dollars to go to people that are bigger picture people. So when I hear that he's opening doors for his daughter and that he's modeling what he wants her to do or what he what he would like to see her treated as by, you know, boyfriends or whoever, I'm just like I I want to I want to hire that guy. Well, um I think that's enough about him. I think hopefully uh we'll have him back on maybe um maybe in 3 or 4 weeks. I'd love just to kind of check in with him just for a little while. Um, he, uh, he does not want a transaction. You're right. He wants relationships. Sure. If you're hiring Jeff to use for moving, you should consider, uh, sharing a meal with him or spending some amount of time with him in addition to him just moving your stuff. Um, if, if you don't, that's that's an opportunity missed on your part. I thought it was interesting too, and it was something that I yeah, I didn't go there, you know. But I thought it was interesting him saying like, you know, I saved coaches' jobs. Like I was so you know, and, and what what does that mean, and what does that do for somebody as a as a kid, as a high school kid, knowing like, hey, because I do what I do. I saved your job or I helped you keep your job or I got you a rent, like whatever that means. But to live in the same town that you are so valuable in for a different thing at one point, like how does that, how do you reconcile that later in your life? You know, what does that mean? Well, he had, he said he had to deal with some strong feelings about feeling like used. Exactly. And, abandoned when things got rough and difficult for him they all that that same community forgot all about him all about him and they didn't step into his life and confront him that's what he really wanted right he didn't want help he wanted somebody to step into his life and grab him by the neck and say come this way and none of them did it none of those coaches yeah sheesh yeah but that's you know stinks um, it was one of the things that he kind of emphasized in in just our own communities, how we we talk about other people and we got a lot of thoughts about how they're maybe doing their thing, but we don't uh, kind of come to them in their time of need. Right. Or, 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 or maybe share with them some caution. He said, if we just did that, we'd be a lot better off. And that's how it used to be, he said. There was a lot more of that back when he was coming up. Mm-hmm. 
And it's only been since Friday since uh, this Freedom of Information request got published with Fauci's emails. And it was a Friday afternoon by the Washington Post that released all this information. And so, you know, it's, what, Tuesday? And Are you concerned that these emails will go the way of uh, WikiLeaks or the Podesta emails? Um, yes and no. Um, I've seen them gaining traction. Um, I, I think there's... I, th- I think some of the WikiLeaks stuff was probably a little more off the beaten path than this stuff is. This is so mainstream. This has affected every single being on this planet. And I think the thing that's incredible to me is who who we give our ears to, who we will listen to, and why. I'm I'm very skeptical by nature. Um, I, I see a lot of people going one way and I'm just like, man, I'm going the other way just out of something inside of me that's just guarded or whatever. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's how I naturally am. And since the beginning of this, it has not felt right to me. Something has felt so off about the whole virus. And so the more people that got on the bandwagon about doing the mask, doing the distancing, like we were talking about earlier, none of this stuff matched up to me. It didn't make any sense to me. And so I'm not the only one that felt that way. But you you got caught in this wave of all these brilliant people using their influence in a very evil way to tell you what you should feel and what you should do. It's absolute manipulation. And one of the things that I've learned over the past you know few months is that uh, manipulation is witchcraft. It is awful. Yeah. It's a horrible thing. So when you look at it from a spiritual way and 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 that is what has been foisted on so many people, I can it makes more sense to me why people are so conflicted in it. Because it's not just your mind, it's your spirit that's entangled in this whole mess. And so I think that with this stuff coming out, it's it's not going to go away because there are a lot more people that have been awakened over the past 15 months. Um, than I think normally would be. I keep coming back to, you know, what the enemy means for evil, God turns around for good. And I just keep seeing goodness coming out of this. And so I don't I don't think it's going to go away because, you know, the Podesta stuff, things like that, people just go, oh boy, I don't, I don't even want to talk about that. I don't even want to. Even if that's going on, I don't even want to talk about it. This is the thing that has impacted Adults, babies, everybody, the entire planet. It's robbed from them. It's tried to reshape our society. It's tried to, uh, and it has in a lot of great deals. It's divided people like nothing else. It's become a political thing where now you have people that won't stop wearing masks, even though they're vaccinated. Because they literally say, I don't want people to think I'm a Republican or I'm conservative. <laughs> and that's that's when you just go, all right, man, we've we've been in a system for so long that we are in an abusive relationship with our overlords. There are people that are lording things over us in a very manipulative, bad way. And it's it's got to stop. And I feel like this is the time for that. So, no, I don't think that I don't think it's just going to get brushed aside.
Yeah, yeah. I just wonder how many people are going to um, take the time to, uh, I don't know, just think upon it, set their mind to it, mm-hmm. kind of question this new information that, that we didn't have before. Um, and that's the only thing that I'm asking. It's like, well, you know, you should at least read some of the emails, maybe the ones that he sent to Mark Zuckerberg. Those, those might be good ones to read. Uh, I would say yes, you know. Again, this whole thing has been foisted on the global population for a reason. We need to ask ourselves why. Like, what is the purpose behind this? Why would this happen? Who started this? Fauci's not the lead guy of this. He's a, he's a pawn in the game. So you've got to follow this chain back upstream. Zuckerberg would be a great higher up to go to, but he's not going to be the top of the food chain either. And what, what I'm praying for in this day is that people would have intellectual humility to be able to say, I was wrong. Instead of just for the sake of being right, not get off of this line that they've been on. And just to say, hmm, let's, let's, let's look at this from an objective level. You know, so if, if you side with this global cabal, which I think is what we're operating under, okay, great you know where your allegiance is. But if you're one of those that got caught up in the celebrity of things and, you know, the the reasoning behind why you should do the things you were doing instead of science, which was totally manipulated, we know now, have the ability to just go, you know what? I, I, I went that way and I was wrong. And and I want to I wanna make this right, you know? Yeah, join the revolution. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's better, trust me. No doubt. It's scary. Yeah. 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 It's, but it's cool because it's consistent with, well, we, we gotta be, we have to be shown until we, unless we live through it and experience it, we're not going to, nothing's going to change. Yeah. And that's the, that's the, the process of like, um, I just look at it like there's, there's a hibernation that's been going on for decades. You know, everybody's been working, everybody's been trying to, you know, get to this place of comfort or, or whatever it is. They're striving, they're trying to find that thing, you know, provide for their family, whatever it is. And they've been entertained to death. Everything's been really, for the most part, easy in our lifetimes. You know, D-Day, uh, 77th uh, anniversary of D-Day was a couple of days ago. And thinking about how things have changed in this nation in 77 years from the day that these young men stormed a beach with, I mean, hellfire raining down on them and they're still going towards it to now where we live in this um, unbelievably soft, you know, we've, we've kind of, without really knowing it or having the, um, the achievement of it, we've kind of, we've kind of achieved the dream for the most part, but we don't know it because we keep, I think we keep manufacturing problems. We keep making things. But as we step into today's issues, I do believe that there is an awakening taking place. I think that there are so many people that still have those those values in them. And I feel like the enemy is so overplaying his hand right now that it's like insane. There's a constant barrage from every angle, whether it's politically, socially, Every, every arena is being attacked right now. Everything. It's an all-out assault. And so I think it is, I think it is the, you know, what the enemy meant for evil thing. 
people are waking up to it. But you have to unplug from whatever matrix you're plugged into. And I mean, I even want that for myself to say that, you know, I can find this information that we're talking about very easy because I know where to look for it. And I go towards that. I know that people um, don't read the same things that I read, you know, and so it's hard. But people, people are having a hard time being confronted with the reality of what's happening. Yeah. They're just like, I, I don't even want to deal with it. You know, it's the pull the covers over the head kind of mentality. And I, I just, I pray that as I pray for the church, that there's a remnant that will stand and will come alongside the power of God in that, that there's a remnant of people like those guys that stormed the beach at Normandy to save the world. Um, there's so much at stake, it's just insane right now. I could see her when I was telling her, kind of just, you could see it in her eyes, the confusion. Yeah. You know, it's confusing. Yeah. She's listening to you and she's like, well, I, I trust you. But at the same time, and that's the that's the day that we're living in. My, my doctor tells me this. I, I trust my doctor, but yet I've got this other information that it, it confuses people. Yeah, I'm going to tell you this. This is this has been um, this has been the awakening for me is that people that I have normally just given trust to, I don't give them trust anymore. Because when I see, and here was the thing that really, really caused me to look at this thing in a whole different way. So we look at doctors and we look at attorneys and we look at a lot of these people, politicians, in a different light. Well, they're They've achieved, they've gotten to the top of this field or they're smart or they're this or whatever, but they're all humans. They're no different from me or anybody else. And when I read some of the emails from Fauci that were flirtatious towards uh, a woman uh, that he was uh, having a conversation with, um, the ones where he was talking about who would play him in a movie, I saw him as a little kid and I saw him as a little boy that has some kind of wound that's attached itself to him and how he's looking for recognition. He's looking to be known. He's looking for something. And somebody that is, you know, who, you know, months ago was one of the top epidemiologists in the world, who's now never going to be trusted again, that lust for him and that desire for him to be fulfilled or to fit in or to be accepted has helped to drive him to something that he should hang for quite honestly. And it's all because of wounds. It's all because of unfulfilled, you know, unoccupied un, uh, spaces in his heart by the right thing. And it's just amazing to me how people do that. But you see it everywhere over and over and over and over again. Well, yeah. And I don't, uh, it's, it's amazing that you have that perspective on him. And I think he, he's one of the, I mean, man, what he has done. Mm-hmm. But why has he done it? That's the, that's the thing that has to be. And that's, that's his day standing before God is, is why. And he can repent, you know? I mean, as, as crazy as all that sounds, dude can repent. But the question is, is, okay, Anthony, little Tony Fauci, who, who hurt you? And what's wrong with you that would cause you to go along with this whole plan, with everything that would be on the line for you? 
everything you've worked for, your reputation, your influence, your intelligence, all of these things. And so now you're being found out to be a fraud and that you've lied and that you have manipulated something that's supposed to not be manipulatable. You know, science is science. But, you know, um, again, science is um, God has already proven these things. And science is just trying to kind of come alongside of that and go, hey, uh, this is the way this is was because God made it that way. It's irrefutable. But when a when a broken man or a man that's got this wound in his heart and wants to be recognized or whatever he's going after or he's evil goes after it, that's what happens, you know? And the exposure that's coming for it is going to, it's going to ruin him. You know, when, it, when I saw his book was pulled, I was like, how in the world did you have time to write a book and answer all these emails and try to make yourself seem so important and go along with all of this? You know, I mean, but he's, he's just a pawn in the game. Again, you have to go back and go, okay, well, he didn't just put all this information out on his own. Who did? Where did it come from and why? And relentlessly go after the truth. We've, we've been lied to about this whole thing. So if you, if you read the emails and you see the stuff that's coming out of these emails and you really even look at the, the real numbers, no more people died in 2020 than died in 2019 when we didn't have a pandemic. We, we throw our, around words these days. Um, just so effortlessly that should have a lot more weight. Like a pandemic should be something that is a legitimate. And listen, I get it. I know people have gotten sick and I know people have died, but I also know that over 5,000 people have died from this vaccine as well. And they're seeing enlarged hearts in teenagers that have gotten the vaccine. Those are questions to me that I'm just like, why are we so hell-bent on just ramming things through right now? And those are the things that make me on the inside just go, something is so off right now. Something is so off. We're not talking about the other things. The why. Yeah. When, when, you know, when India is handing out $2.65 packs of ivermectin and other things that will take out this pandemic, Something that costs $2.65 and that's marked up should not take care of a pandemic if it's a real pandemic. Again, homeless people would be piled up on the streets. And so if there's a 99% cure rate across the board, basically, why are we, why do we even have a vaccine? It doesn't make any sense. No. Global cabal wanting to reset the entire globe, shut people down, lock people down. Costco can be open, but, you know, your your independent store cannot be, you know, you have to wear a mask when you walk into a restaurant, but you take it off when you sit down, you know, like some of the stuff that just doesn't make any sense. Masks now we know don't work at all. And so it makes you kind of, ha- if you're not, trying to pull back the layers of this and see what is going on, then you just don't care. And you're just going to go along with anything that anybody tells you for the rest of your life. And the, the thing that people have to realize is that the people that are in charge of you, that have been elected, that have been appointed, that have achieved or been put into these strategic positions, they may not have your best interests in mind. They might have their best, best interests in mind. 
And people have to wake up to that. And, you know, I don't care about being called a a conspiracy theorist because I know now that what I feel like was in my gut at the beginning of this thing has been proven out to be exactly what I thought it was. And I'm I'm not trying to be right. I'm just trying to hear and listen to what my gut is saying. And now we're at that point where it's, the, the evidence is coming out that this was exactly what we thought it was and really worse. I can understand why we all have been deceived, all of us. Now, some of them might be crooked or corrupt or, or just bad people, but I'd like to think they were just deceived. They were practicing self-preservation. They didn't want to lose their job. They were like going along to get along and, and they just got caught up in a bunch of bullshit. And now they're kind of left like, well, what do we do? Oh, gosh. You know, we're, we're the healthcare community. It's a big community. A lot of doctors, a lot of hospital administrators. Oh, and we're so smart, man. They, the, all of them have the opportunity now to practice some humility and gain followership. You know, we want to follow people that have humility. That's, those are people that are very attractive. That's right. So think of the think of the setbacks that are happening in the science community now. You know, you talked about it before. I hope we'll look out for this fall. It's going to get really, really bad. I've heard that before. You know, and the only thing that was bad is because you jerks locked us down and told us that we couldn't live our lives. But the things that the things that kill me about this whole thing too is that we're not again we're not promoting the things that prevent. We're promoting the things that take you from the edge of death and bring you back. And I'm just tired of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, hey, you got to get this vaccine. This, this, this thing was so bad that you had to go get tested to even find out if you were sick. That's how bad this pandemic was. And that's the stuff to me where I'm just like, wait a minute. It's like they're messing with us. It's like when you, hear, when, when you take a step back and you consider the, what that really means. It's like, totally. Man, they're really messing with us. It's like that doesn't make any sense either. There's so much stuff that's like uh, it's all confusing, mm-hmm. and it it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, nothing makes sense. So you should necessarily try to get to the beginning of this and see where it all comes from. However, the temptation is to seek comfort. Absolutely, because comfort, we all have. You have the opportunity to find some comfort somewhere and kind of escape or, or get busy or not look or not engage. And that's, that's, that's I don't know. I, the temptation, I guess it's pretty real for some people. Or it's just so easy. Sure. You know, it's just, that's kind of how we've been programmed. So you're seeing videos of people getting their butt kicked on the streets or something like that, and there's 50 people standing around filming it, but nobody jumps in to help. That's our society right now. That's it, just through and through. Nobody wants to get involved. Or they think getting involved is doing something like filming it that will help it or put it out there or something. Like, what difference does that make? You know, you're, you're literally watching especially like a victim that's a, a legitimate victim, you know, getting their butt kicked. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, man, this yeah. is terrible. This is so bad, I'm, I'm just filming it. And the people that film it are typically so bad with their cameras, it drives me crazy.
When you all hear me use the word them or they, I want you to look at Ephesians 6.12. And that should answer your question, who, who is he talking about? Who's them? Who's they? Go to Ephesians 6.12. It's very clear. We're all brothers and sisters. We have one love for one another. And uh, it's important not to forget that. And our battle's not with one another. It is with some very dark and powerful, terrible people. But we're aware of the battle, and we're not scared. So refer to Ephesians 6.12 when you hear me talk about them and they. The other thing I want to share is it's very important to go to thepressbishow.com and register for our email list. That will allow you to receive emails and allow us to communicate with you in ways other than this podcast. We've got some upcoming announcements, some projects, and some collaborations that you might be able to help us with. So please contact us if you're interested. And as usual, you got to rate this thing. You got to review it. You got to subscribe to it. You got to talk to your friends about it. Now I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode. It means a lot to me that you that you're listening. So thank you. I also want to give out a real appreciation to my co-host Brad, our director of music, Levi, our web guru, Hassan, our technician, equipment man, Jackson, and the real man of magic, Milos, the audio engineer. Thank you, Milos. And with that, this concludes another episode of the Precipice Show.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>